Hey, this is the 50th episode of Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Wait, wait, it's hidden. 19. Close hey. enough. Yay! So it's a 20 with my modifier. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 50 episodes. Oh Congratulations, my everyone. So proud. Me too. It a seems like shocked. a lot, and yet also not very many. I right. mean, it's half of 100 for sure, but it's also <laughs> is two times 25. So mm. that's true. There's that. There is both of those facts. Thank you, Brittany, for the math moment. No problem. <laughs> Let me just wheel away my uh, blackboard. Mm-hmm. I had to do a lot of math for that. How, how many episodes <laughs> do we have to do before we're presented with a giant sword? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have the McElroys gotten theirs yet? Yes, yeah, they have. Let's check when with... did they get theirs? Uh, I don't... I feel like it took a lot. Well, okay. sometime after balance, Travis has a giant sword. He's the only one with a giant yeah. sword. Yeah. So, so Travis has earned bit. it, but the others have not yet reached that pinnacle? Maybe it's not um, an, an amount and more of you hit, a, you hit some sort of, like, accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And Travis knows the secret, and he's he's keeping that <laughs> tight to the chest. <laughs> could be, could be. Well, welcome, listeners, and welcome Arlo Thacker. Oh. Let's meet this guy. I, I did not think that at the beginning of the final arc, if you had asked me before right? that we were going to get a new character, it's very exciting. It is exciting. I was very excited that they went with the first name Arlo, because now we can all use that Brooklyn Nine-Nine gif. That's exactly what I thought. Thank you. This is Arlo, and if anything happens to him, I'm going to kill everybody in this room. I've only known Arlo for two days, but if anything happens to him, I'm going to kill everyone in this room and then myself, because we can't go through this again. That's how we all feel about Arlo. We are very protective of him. Well, I also liked in this little opening as we get to know him, uh, we also get a little bit more on Juno Divine. That was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that took me by surprise a little bit also. Like, delightful surprise. Yes. Yes. Here's what I will ask. Before we before we really visit our new boy here, um, when we meet Juno, we find out that some of her classmates threw her sketchbook in the creek. What jerks. Um... If she and Duck are the same age, do you think maybe Duck was uh, in that group that threw her book in the creek? Yeah, I wonder. I, I did wonder about that. Ugh. Just because we know he used to be a little, a little bit of a bad boy, a little bit of a hellion. Well, they're about mm-hmm. the same age, but just were they in the same grade? Because we don't know for right. sure if they were in the same grade. Exactly that. Could have been don't two know years difference. Sure. Let's do some math. Sixth grade. <laughs> You're what? Eleven. Twelve. Twelve. Eleven or twelve? Yeah. Who's the teacher here? Nice. Um, so it's 1989. <laughs> What year? So was she was born Duck in seventy-seven. Born? Okay, it's so. <laughs> Duck... I'm so bad at this. Wait, Duck was if... sixteen, and then in ninety, what was the other? No, eighty. Oh man, exactly. We didn't write. Yeah, enough of this get stuff your math down. board back out. Oh, Wait, so he was sixteen in what year? I don't know. Eighty-eight. Yeah, we were guessing that though. Yeah. Oh, right. Because we weren't sure. Anywhere between 15 and 18, I think we decided. Yeah. <laughs> we did get I was thinking closer to gap. 15. Yeah, I, I, let's just say, for the sake of argument, He's that, probably a little bit older. that Duck would not have bullied Juno. Because, they're. I mean, they're clearly close friends now, so. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Sometimes, though, isn't that fun? You have your, like, people in high school, you're like, oh, my God, I hated this kid to, like, seventh grade. And then all of a sudden, we were great friends. Right. Once you become, like, actual realized adults, you're like, oh, you are a human. Ah. But, yeah, it sounds like (laughs) I think you're right in figuring he's probably a little bit older and he was not the culprit here. Mm Mm-hmm. My question was going to be, where was the buddy system, teacher? Maybe it wasn't invented yet. Oh, Uh, it was 89. (laughs) That's possible. I did not go to school in the 80s. I I started school in the Uh, 80s. I mean, we used the buddy system, although I also would say that there were a lot of things that people were significantly less concerned about in the 80s than they should have been. (laughs) So... I mean, I I think that um, since it was right at the end that, you know, you've got a whole long trail of kids and, you know, you're walking along with this whole group. And then if one of them falls behind, although the standard practice should have been that there would have been a teacher bringing up the rear who would have seen if something had happened. So that should have happened. But, you know, sometimes you got a lot of especially with sixth graders like Mm. that's that's a lot out in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. just got away from them. Let's just say Kepler school system in the nineteen late 1980s, probably early 1990s, was not the best. Probably a little underfunded. Yeah, probably not. Oh, for sure. Not the best, yeah. Well, now that we have that ready to go, we can send that to the school board, <laughs> tell them our concerns. Luckily, though, well, really, my takeaway from that instance of when she w- wasn't, when she was kind of missing, I was like, oh, geez, did she come across something? Mm-hmm you know, foul. Did Uh she, you know, what has happened? And unfortunately, yes, listen, as people with sketchbooks, you're like, don't, don't do that. Don't mess with my book. That's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, But even aside from that, luckily, it wasn't anything uh, supernatural. And we just got a nice little moment between Arlo and Juno. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like that kind of helps set her on this path now where she is now a ranger Mm -hmm. with Duck. Yes. I did like that that little yeah. origin story for both characters. And the yes. idea that Thacker's just not a big fan of the human race. So yeah. it's a good laugh. I was like, that's such a good setup for who he's going to it. be. Yeah. Yes. And he's not like, you know, um, like a pessimist or antagonistic about other people. No. He just kind of likes nature better. Mm-hmm. Sure. Who can blame him? Who can blame him? I do suspect that uh, Clint McElroy may have been listening to The Crypto Naturalist, which is another podcast, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with. Um, I'm not. It is, it is uh, also sort of West Virginia-esque, I would say, um, and, and about mm. like kind of weird, spooky, supernaturally kind of things in nature. Um, mm-hmm. But it has that fun. kind of vibe and, and um, Thacker's little speech about uh, wild and wild and wonderful and in, in nature made me think oh, of yeah. that real hard. So I think it's possible oh. that uh, actually Justin was in an episode. So oh. it's certainly possible that Clint has heard it. So, yeah, and gotten some kind of inspiration. Yeah, from it's that. kind of it's it's um, similar to Amnesty. It's like the alternate reality version kind of of Amnesty. So ah, like okay. nothing really terrible happens to anybody. It's just sort of reflective and and calming sounds great sounds like something we could all use in our lives right now yeah i yeah. like this idea that he was possibly influenced by that podcast and i also appreciate that regardless of whoever clint is playing like arlo is obviously a very different person from ned uh and they're both different from merle mm-hmm. but there's always going to be a hint of clint tm uh <laughs> in his characters there's always going to be a bit of a ramble a bit of a like story to tell mm-hmm. and i like that 
I think that should be their next uh, their next uh, merchant McElroy merch should be uh, like scented <laughs> candle maybe hints of Clint. Hint of Clint. <laughs> oh my god! It's just him on the label holding a, a glass of wine with a wink. <laughs> Gotta have the wink. Uh, can we talk about Thacker's fancy machete work? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's just that's just that's the tweet. pause for a moment and imagine it like. How good is that? He's got his little machete. Well, maybe it's big. I don't know. But like this thing comes out. He's just, you know, helped this kid. Probably feels real good about himself that, you know, she's happy. She's rejoined the group. He's like, oh, my day is done. Hopefully, God willing. I hate interacting with humans, but I had a good interaction with a human. Exactly. Like his his positive points are way up. And then suddenly. Yeah. 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 And so he does his fancy machete moves. I was like, yes, more of that. <laughs> now, do you think that they were fancy moves or do you think it was him essentially trying to scare away this thing? I How like fancy think, are you picturing this move? I'm thinking pretty damn fancy because what else? He's not He's not hanging out with people. He's not going on dates. He's working on his machete moves. <laughs> hmm, which he doesn't even realize would score him dates. Exactly. Thacker. Cool. See, I, I'm kind of on the other side of this debate that my mental image, because I don't think that a machete is a particularly well-balanced or elegant weapon sure. that you're going to do anything super fancy with, especially if it's, um, how, how long do you see it was 28 inches? So about two feet. Oh, wow. So I've got, sorry, <laughs> that was me. Please Danielle's pulling out her machete. <laughs> I'll show you. Here, watch this fancy dance. <laughs> I just sort of assumed that in his mind, he looks super cool doing it, but no one has seen sure. him do it, so it may be less cool than he thinks it is. That this is, is the perfect bridge. Absolutely what it is. Yes. In the visual, he's so fancy. In mm-hmm. the reality, he's wildly swinging at this thing, hoping it gets away from him. Yes. I love it. That's Well done, good. girls. <laughs> but don't worry, Miss Madeline Cobb will save the day. She's got him. She's, she axes this thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, welcome to the Pine Guard. Here's your badge. That was Let's that go. was a good, like, uh, uh, like Supernatural, the TV show, not the concept, uh, moment that they've, they've done a shot that's similar to that of, like, you see the monster and then just the, the blow hits and the head just kind of slides off and then you see the person behind it. Yeah. So I was definitely thinking, mm-hmm. thinking of that. Very dramatic entrance. Mama, don't do it any other way. <laughs> mm-hmm. She knows she's learned over her time doing this how to make a really good entrance. Mm-hmm. And this is the start of their beautiful friendship. Because mm-hmm. then we, we kind of flash forward to, I'm glad I listened the second time. Because we learned that he left Sylvain in 2013. Which yeah. they probably mentioned before, but I had forgotten. Um, he, I thought it was interesting that he hadn't told Mama he was going to do this. Mm. That he was just, he was like, you know, we are facing these, these abominations are getting worse. I'm going to go figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wasn't going to tell her. He brought his disgusting gorp and he packed <laughs> up a little bit of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, and luckily she shows up to talk to him about mm-hmm. it. And we have this really, I really liked that moment. Wouldn't it be fun if she just like came in to do a book club or something? And she's like, hey, br- hey, what, what, what you doing Wait here? Wait a minute. Arlo, we're supposed to be talking about this romance novel we were both reading. I'm gonna talk about the Texas Wildcats, and here, here you are packing up your gorp. I will say, the way Griffin shouted, "Oh my God, Arlo!" after 
after he described the group like he was speaking directly to the character was my third favorite moment of this entire show oh my god there's so many good moments it is i mean that is a horrifying combination oh it was so bad and it's worrying that clint had that like to hand as a, as uh-huh. a possibility like where did that wh- what dark part of his brain did that come from does he actually eat this <laughs> Right? Can you remind me exactly what it was? I did not write it down, I think, because I was too disgusted. Pretzels, peanut butter candy, and pepperonis. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. What's a peanut butter candy? Um, I was thinking maybe, like, well, mini Reese's didn't exist then, but maybe, like, uh... Well, it's, it's well, the, the smaller the smaller ones did. Oh, yeah, it was 2013. How long have those been around? You know the little micro oh, peanut wild. butter cups? Yeah, the yeah. Ones, so there's, like, mm-hmm. the little, the, like, halloween size ones, the bite size ones, but then they make but those then little like itty-bitty little ones, ones, yeah. So I was thinking maybe of those. Mm. I could see those. I figured either those or like peanut butter chips. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. those or were definitely those and the pretzels. Good combination. Very good. Right. Combination. It started off real strong. Throwing the pepperonis in there. That is a good trail mix. That is that is a horror show. That is much scarier yeah. than the monster that they described a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. He's like Madeline. How am I supposed to get my protein? <laughs> Throw pepperonis in there. <gasps> <laughs> I mean, cashews or something, man. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, you get your nut protein, my boy. Mm. Get yourself some pecans. It'll be great. Peanut butter and pepperoni is a forbidden flavor combination. <gasps> Somebody's going to put this together. It, I was going to say, someone's going to make this, and they're going to like, guys, it was actually really good, and I was so hype, and I, I could run 12 miles because I had that Get at us if you do. I want to know. <laughs> Always looking to improve my workout regimen. Yeah. Um, so another, I, I, we've been sidelined a little bit by the GORP. I've got one more quick sideline for us. Okay. Did you guys know what a Quonset hut was? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I also did and was kind of shocked that Griffin just didn't. Like, yeah. Because when he was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, cool. This is, you know, the common knowledge. He was like, I have no idea what we're actually talking about. <laughs> I didn't know what a bivouac was. And I had to look that up. They are complete opposites. I don't know how Clint is like, he's either in a bivouac or a Quonset hut. Yeah. Like, those, are, those are not pals. They're different. but They're not interchangeable. No. But, well, I mean, I think, you know, when you're trying to come up with a way to describe something and the other person mm-hmm. doesn't know what you're talking about, like, it's sort of hard to, those are th- both things that I would say it would be difficult to find a good synonym for. So. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he, maybe Arlo lives in a Quonset hut in Kepler, but then keeps a bivouac further out for when he just needs to get away from everybody hmm. and no one needs to know where he is. Certainly so it, possible. Yeah. Maybe he's in one, maybe he's in the other. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think I think either way, there's a strong possibility that maybe this was something Griffin did not learn from playing video games as a child. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I think, you know what? I think even when I was listening, I just assumed what... I don't know how to say it, but the the first hut is. I think I just assumed that's what it was. And then as Clint continued to describe it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. I don't know how I know. Yeah, but just gets in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew yeah. Quonsets. Barrow's lousy with Quonsets. Yeah, like, I was going to say that seems it's like. a classic move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bivouac is French, isn't it? Originally the word? Yes. It sounds like it. Ooh la la. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're building from nature. Like, you found a little outset of a cave, mm-hmm. and that's your bivouac now. You're sure, gonna and stay you just there. kind of like are building onto Yeah, very it. minor shelter or no shelter, but just kind of where you're camping. Which is maybe what he would then build in Sylvain. I'm taking exactly. us into Sylvain now. <laughs> Perfect. 
Uh, as he was kind of describing exploring the quelled areas of Sylvain, it made me actually think of like Breath of the Wild, mm. like when you find areas that used to be lived in oh, yeah. that are now either abandoned. Some of them are like really destroyed, but just that idea of like there not being anybody around yeah. the mm-hmm. further away you get, and then like rando groups of monsters of people you know who have gone feral yeah it, it just made me think of like oh that that was my visual for yeah. it, the expanse mm-hmm. of it yeah yeah i mean and he and we find out i mean he was since now we know the year that he left this was six years he was out there which yeah. i guess we shouldn't have made fun of him for his gorp choices because apparently he knows how to stay alive i mean <laughs> i'd be interested to know more of just sylvain in general because then obviously he was able to keep himself alive out mm-hmm. there as he was genuinely lost he didn't intend to be gone that long uh we did we had gotten that really cute moment between mama and thacker and her you know saying you're my best friend mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you gotta come back which i liked because it put more scope on how important it was to her and yeah. how hard she was gonna try to get him back yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's a long time to not just give up on somebody and assume that they're dead yeah right. although i mean like and it it's kind of I have I have some questions about the wisdom of him just, you know, being like, I'm just going to go out here and it's fine. Up and leaving. Because, yeah. I mean, of course he got lost because, you know, if you're on another planet, you've got your two primary ways of navigating are not going to work. So right. maybe you have a map because presumably the Sylvans have some sort of map of what things yeah. used to look like. So you've got that. But the stars are different, so you can't use those. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's highly possible that the magnetic poles are different, so you can't use a compass. So right, that right. seems deeply problematic from a wandering around standpoint of how you would ever get back to where you started. Mm-hmm. Certainly. I get his purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, I don't want to be in charge of anybody else. I don't want to have to look out for anybody else. I can yeah. do this. But yeah, probably didn't quite think all the way through of like, hey, yeah, stars are different magnetic poles might not even be there Mm -hmm. or be completely opposite or whatnot and yeah maps dubious maps that you didn't make i don't know yeah yeah overall a little short-sighted because he obviously does get lost one bag of gorp to get you through (laughs) come on man yeah yeah i mean because then definitely the food would have been a problem i mean i think um griffin's solution of well he was finding food in these abandoned cities was a good a good way to deal with um the sort of problem of a fantasy story needing to be practical in some ways which is not always easy although i mean Mm -hmm. you would think most of the food would have gone bad maybe it's like fruit trees and stuff because we don't really know whether the quell affected any of the plant life or if it was just animal life that's yeah. And even then, it could have just been sentient animal life. Mm-hmm. We don't know right. if there are, like, rabid squirrels out there or anything, you know? Yeah. I think that was where, if I were in Clint's position and could have asked Griffin mm-hmm. more about the scenario here, it would have been, you know, how the the people were blighted. Mm-hmm. How blighted was the land? Can you still live off of yeah. it? Or was it just the fact that there, there are these fissures and things are coming out of it, but is it just certain areas? Again, like Breath of the Wild, there are just areas that are affected? Mm-hmm. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like you said, is there fruit? Are there gardens and whatnot and other creatures, perhaps? And it doesn't really matter, but also if you give us a blank <laughs> space, we will no. try to fill it in. 
Right. I think, yeah, just for the visual. Yeah, yeah I think I went, and it might just be because I'm so hyped for it because it comes out next week, but um, the whole Upside Down from Stranger Things. Mm. Oh. Like, that yeah. was kind so of, pretty yeah, dark. like, yeah. real dark and just, yeah, yeah. kind of everything spoiled, rotten, except for maybe stuff in cans. Do Sylvanians yeah. have cans? Did he have I a can know. opener with well, him? Well, guy got bad news for you. Canned food goes bad, too. But it takes a while. It does take a while, yeah. <laughs> what if it's what if hey I can bring I can bridge this? There's magic in Sylvain. Ah, True. all this food is fine. Yes, it's magically it's canned. magically preserved food. Gosh, that is very much the tagline too. Yeah, magically preserved just for you. Magically, magically pre- delicious. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going to go. This is where the leprechaun came from. Yeah. We figured yeah. it out. Suddenly, it all makes sense. The Lucky Charms <laughs> leprechaun is from Sylvain. He's from oh my Sylvain. gosh. <laughs> Crack this we case wide open. <laughs> and that's our 50th episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We are That'll out. do it for us. So he does find uh, the the town with the large library, yes. which tells him more about the quell and kind of how it showed up. And so I, I wrote down the path here so I could remember it. So the crystal shattered. Mm-hmm. Fissures began opening in the ground. The fissures got bigger. The quell seeped up through it and then the storm this this storm that i am now bringing to the podcast myself it is <laughs> it increased and got worse and worse and then those caught up in the storm mm-hmm. would go feral and they all were essentially herded toward the main city yeah capital city mm-hmm. and the storm is the symptom it is not the cause mm-hmm. and that's what we want to find out mm-hmm yeah, and the this the quell, which is like within this storm, it seems like uh, from the way that it's described, and not the storm itself. Um, you know, sort of like lightning. Like lightning is not it. the cloud. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the quell is there's like a, a duality here with the quell and Sylvain yeah. that they're sort of two sides of the same coin, um, and they're connected to each other. That this sort of nurturing energy versus an entropic energy. Mm-hmm. Right, because in this book, the quell isn't written as a malignant mm-hmm. thing it is it's just a force yeah. i liked that i thought that was really i did good. too yeah you need that balance this and is... it's made to protect sylvain yeah yes this is zelda this yeah. is villains by necessity yes <gasps> you what need good. both you need them both in balance mm-hmm. always back to balance isn't it griffin <laughs> he <laughs> loves he loves a good balance mm-hmm. so does arlo start getting close to does he think he's on his way back to knowing where he is, yeah. and that's when he takes this fall. Yeah, he he he's found his he's crossed over his original path so that he can Got find it. where okay. he was before in order to find his way back to where he came from. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. But then he slips and falls into a yeah. fissure, right? As one does when one gets excited and stops paying attention. Mm-hmm. It'll happen in an ever-changing environment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these fissures breaking yeah. open. Yeah. And this is where he then the Thacker we saw who seemed possessed and completely out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Essentially, this is the source of it. It sounds like he fell down this fissure and was kind of met face to face and soul to soul with whatever the quell is. Yeah. Because then mm-hmm. he's hearing its thoughts. He's, he's feeling interacting its emotions. With... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so we get some clarification of this concept of this duality between the quell and Sylvain that it's, uh, the the entity, not the planet. Um, that it's kind of like a love story, almost a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. Yeah, and then she vanishes, and it's like waiting for her to come back, but she doesn't come back. And then it right. finds out she's effectively been kidnapped. I guess would be maybe the best way to describe it. She's missing. Yeah. 
and it's somebody's fault. Right. She's so gone girl like... herself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, all these things I was holding back doing, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold back anymore. And uh-huh. also look out whoever took her. Yeah. 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 Which does make you think if, if the, the quell is sentient and it's out for revenge, that maybe it's not just attacking the people who live on Sylvain, that its ultimate goal is going to be to attack the people who it thinks is responsible, sure. which is Earth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we don't know enough about its like intelligence level or its awareness level right. or how much it knows about what actually happened. But right. that does seem like a, a probable thing that it, that it's able potentially to like the track path. them back. Yeah. 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 And that, that also made me wonder about something we learned really early in this arc, that when humans come through, that they, even in the capital city, that they like immediately start to go feral. So yeah. it does make me think oh, that right. maybe the quell is like There's a doing something more to them, to, to humans, than it is t- even to the mm. to the Sylvans. That's a very good point. I hadn't even thought about that. And bringing it back. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily for little Arlo here, just as he's being made mad mm-hmm. from the quell itself, a big old paw Aww. reaches in and grabs him. So happy. <laughs> Yeah, right right after he sees the quill's heart, presumably. This big red sphere. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I assume that this rescue was enacted by Heathcliff. Is that what you guys assumed? I mean, unless there's now a third mystical <laughs> cat out there, which, <laughs> which is not please, out of the question. Yeah. Please give me that. <laughs> so we haven't seen Heathcliff in a while, mm-hmm. but hopefully this is kind of prepping for his reappearance. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it does make me wonder then if... Heathcliff saved him, and then, you know, that time that Mama disappeared, Mm -hmm. then it's like, did Heathcliff send his little birdies with their card to her directly, maybe? I sort of wondered if maybe when Mama had gone to Sylvain that she had expressly sought out Heathcliff's help in finding Thacker. Mm. That would make sense. And that he was, was, you know, not just being altruistic, that he had been sent specifically on a mission, that that was what she had asked for. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, what did she have to trade for that? Ooh. Ooh. Probably a dope sculpture. <laughs> a sculpture of Heathcliff himself just <laughs> p- holding a, one of those perfect cartoon fish skeletons. He's That'd like, it's amazing. perfect. It's all I wanted. It's like the a giant scratching pose. It's like that uh, that Garfield sign that I wanted where he's just kind of doing the like, yeah. <laughs> the, like reclining p- pose. <laughs> but it's Heathcliff. 100%. Yes. <laughs> that was it. It was a good bargain, Mama. <laughs> So after our intro to Arlo, now that we kind of have his, where he's been, Mm -hmm. that's what I've been up to the past six years, he says. (laughs) Um, And now there's just some housekeeping that they take care of, which, you know, we don't really have to rehash that much. Uh, There is, of course, funny stuff that happens. We're reminded of Clint's beautiful maps back back in Commitment. (laughs) <laughs> as we can only hear about whatever masterpiece yes. Griffin has bestowed right. upon I'm all so of them. I'm so devastated when we don't have access. Well, Justin, <laughs> no, really Justin screencapped a version of it, he said, but I don't know that he ever posted it. Right. I don't think he did, but um, we'll have to have him release release the, the map. I was hoping they would. <laughs> like, release the Snyder Cut, but it's release the Griffin map. <laughs> the bacon, the one that looks like bacon, I think is the one he got the, one the picture. The one that looks like, like bacon. bacon. <laughs> um, but so we can confirm that Duck's powers are back, but mm-hmm. he can still use the panic button, which I love. I think that's a great mechanic. Yes. Mm-hmm. To still borrow from the mundane. Uh, we know that Arlo is a searcher. Yes. And Aubrey 
gets ever closer to becoming the Avatar by now gaining the power of lightning. <laughs> I really enjoyed all the discussion of everyone where their living arrangements were. Yes. Yeah. Which was that was the most fan fiction fun times that I've had with this with the boys like, oh, and they're staying here and, and this is what this is and It's all I care about in any media. What is everybody's slumber party arrangements. exactly please someone and it used to be the whole everyone lives in one mansion and you all have of your course. own rooms <laughs> and now we've had to break Breakfast it off together now we live in an apartment complex and we're all just crashing on couches <laughs> i do i love the idea because in my mind since it's just these three apartments so i love the idea of them like living over stores or something mm-hmm. like three little apartments uh-huh I love everyone even... owns their own shop <laughs> god there's so much good world building here in this beginning part because Duck has Minerva and Aubrey mm-hmm. with him. Danny and Jake and Anne Moira are all at Leah's. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably his place and is a little bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he's He's got that grocery store money. <laughs> or at least the uh, shop money. Yes. Uh, Barclay being an absolute darling over at Mrs. Pearson's. Oh, she just loves him. <laughs> How jealous am I right now? You were, as soon oh as you said gosh. it, I was like, Brittany wishes she was Mrs. Pearson. I will you be. You just want to live in Bigfoot. I just, it's my, it's my Looking fondest Looking for one wish. live in Bigfoot. <laughs> Must love late night conversations over cheesecake. Also, to help me put up curtains and whatnot. Because I was legit looking at that kind of stuff today. And I was like, God, I could just really use another human help. The taller, the better. Someone send me Bigfoot, please and thank you. I get it. <laughs> so we know specifically that Aubrey is sleeping. We can assume that maybe Leo has, like, a couple spare bedrooms or something. And that that's working yeah. out. Maybe Jake and Danny are in bunk beds or something like that. Who knows? Oh my God, like, cute. for Leo's yeah. grandkids. Who knows? But I was like, I'm a ghost. I'm good. But in and she's like, I don't sleep. In Duck's place, I seem to remember that there was a description of a second bedroom, like a small second bedroom he was using as an office. So we know Aubrey's sleeping on the couch. Where is Minerva sleeping? Because I'm just assuming she's got like, she's just fascinated with the idea of an air mattress or something. That's, that was exactly where my mind went. Like, he got one of those nice big blow up mattresses. Because you figure like, if his sister comes to visit and mm-hmm. stuff, he's probably like ready right. for company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's my guess. So she's she's getting the uh, the sister visiting treatment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun! It is. This is the stuff we want, yeah. and they they continue on the, with the dreams. Uh, how relieved was everybody when Justin used the luck point <laughs> on the dream? I as soon as he rolled poorly, I was like, please use it. Yeah, please, yeah. please use the luck point. I was like, otherwise this this uh, this whole amnesty arc is definitely ending in duck's death like right oh (laughs) Oh, jeez. with that five like there was no way i'm so glad i love the six like oh but add your i don't even remember what it was like oh that's negative one cool yeah his cool is a negative one amazing but luckily he did he he used that luck he had the teeth falling out dream. <laughs> Everybody did. Minerva had it too. Teeth fall out dream. And then he instead had this this vision of like where, because we learned the FBI has taken over the town. They've quarantined it. Nobody in, nobody out. Um, Mama's being held by them. The fact that he saw this vision that had um, Stern yelling at some agent, mm-hmm. which we're guessing, right, is agent, what was his name? Haynes. Haynes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I, I was guessing it was the two of them. And that he sees Stern's watch say 9.35 and then it all explodes. Mm -hmm. But then it goes back to him at 9.31 and they're on this hill and like ready to attack. And then like portals open up. 
Yeah. It was a bonkers dream. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely I mean, this was the good and scenario the and it was definitely still gonna be pretty right. wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think the positives of it were Yeah. He's with his friends, mm-hmm. of course. Of course. Like, yay. Love team. will save the day. He gets to see the heart, the red heart of yes. the quell. Yes. So it's kinda yes. like, okay, I know what my destination is. Yeah. And Beacon's still there. Yay. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Also, Do you think oh. Beacon is you can, I, I, oh, I just, I want Stern on their side so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I have my whole section on Stern coming up here. <laughs> Do you guys think that Beacon is like so relieved that Minerva's here now? Probably. Probably. <laughs> He's I like, want him to God, curl Leo around her knows. like a cat a little bit. It's like oh. <laughs> he lives on her arm when she when they're not like actively training and whatnot. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm just gonna be here like a dope arm ornament. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my head cannon now. Um, well, my other thought with this bonkers dream was the fact that he sees the storm exploding from the tent that Stern and Haynes presumably are yeah. in. Followed by the fissures, um, and that kind of being the jump off, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's he goes back a couple minutes, and I I like to think that that's not literal, mm-hmm. that that's a if you don't do something, this is what's gonna happen, yeah. oh. and this is where it's gonna originate. Yeah, that was the impression mm-hmm. that I got. Okay, perfect. That yeah. it was like the vision, the negative vision that they would yeah. have seen if it had been a bad role, but Ooh, then this was yeah. also giving them a piece of the solution to prevent that future from happening. Oh. I like it. Yeah, I think that that's... See, that's I totally took thinking. it as like a rewind. And then like, you got four minutes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like record scratch. There, it, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> Basically. Yep, that's me. <laughs> God, the worst. <laughs> So those are our guesses. We'll have to see who's right. And so they're all sharing this dream. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Sarah also like waking in Somewhere, a panic. Right. But she's not in the complex. So she's like, I no. gotta get there. And in my mind, she rides a bike. Hmm, I could see So it. it's t- it's going to take her a while to get there. But yeah. she's like biking her way over to talk about yeah. the dream. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll just yeah, get her on Skype. Wonder. Well, no, they can't, right? Because no. Radio yeah. Dead Zone, they can't get her on Skype. She's got to come on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. The Skype of the olden days. <laughs> a Skypeicle. This this whole waking up though, and everybody. What did you did you also see that? Did you Leo coming over knocking? Did you guys all see that? This this is the kooky roomy neighbor sitcom that I've been hoping for this entire time. Oh, it was an absolute dream come true <laughs> with Travis's amazing mic work. Yes. Mm-hmm. That it literally sounded like someone shouting from across, like, <laughs> from the kitchen. two rooms yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> and having, like, an, a legit conversation. These are the exact conversations people have. Like, oh, can yeah. I have this waffle? <laughs> yeah, sure. Wait, hold on. Have you had the waffles? Did you even try them? <laughs> I was, like, crying laughing that whole time. Yeah. That's the fun we love to have here in the Adventure Zone. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am with Justin <laughs> that I, I would be okay with this just being the show now. <laughs> Yes. I said, this could be the rest of the show. And I think about 83% of the fan base would be totally fine with that. (laughs) Just all in. There would be a lot less math. A lot more improv, a lot less math. (laughs) I'd be down. (laughs) Okay, but so Aubrey and Leo may or may not have shared that waffle. But we are all going to go to um, the Cryptonomica. And I realized, as I was listening, I was like, right, Kirby and Billy are at the Cryptonomica. Mm -hmm. Like... 
this is where we're gonna meet. And then I was like, wait, where's Billy? Before remembering, we made that up. Like we did make we, that up. Yes, <laughs> that was us. We just assumed. Like we we built this ship and set it out to sea. And I was like, why is nobody on it? The McElroys were not informed of this development that we decided arbitrarily without their input. <laughs> I was so confused at where Billy was. I was like, you guys, he should be, right? Where's he at? He should, though. Yeah. Like, we're not wrong. We do know. We do wonder where he is. Yes. That is a legit question now, because if he's not with Kirby, I don't know where this boy is. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed. And all the other apartments have been taken, so. Right? Yeah. I, I think I think it is still a logical uh, and a sensible conclusion that that, that, that is but they will decide at some point when they remember that Billy is a question. <laughs> they'll, they'll meet us there at the end. There's a yeah. lot of characters to juggle here, so. Oh, so many. That's fair. That's fair. They even kind of run into this as we're all now at our meeting in the Cryptonomica. Uh, everybody has joined back in, mm-hmm. even people who don't live in the apartment complex. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know where Janelle's chilling, like at the Motel 6 or whatever. Like, we have no idea. She insisted she not be around everybody else. She's like, I'm good over here. <laughs> well, and even then, does she have an Earth disguise, I wonder? Ooh. Because if, if Homeboy wasn't around to uh, to make her something mm. or give her a trinket or something, I don't know. Mm. I can't remember what Janelle looks like. Now I don't remember the earliest description of her. See, I thought she was just... Yeah, I always just saw mode. Janelle Monet. so... <laughs> it's I'm, Janelle I'm Monet, but with like big dope ass orangey fangs and like orange eyes was what i Mm. thought i thought she was like the vampire mode like i thought that was like base sylvain design but i could be wrong Mm -hmm. yeah no i think i think i think at some point they did talk about that yeah i think i think it came up but i don't i don't remember right now that's what maybe she's just in halloween mode all the time (laughs) maybe she just wears a lovely little veil over her face love it and the fbi isn't even concerned they're just like look at that very stylish woman she's <laughs> dark and mysterious let's leave her alone she clearly does not want to talk to anybody <laughs> and she's earned it <laughs> so they meet up to talk about the stream this vision mm-hmm. and what it can mean and what we're going to do about it and this is where we can bring arlo back in and be like what have you got what do we do mm-hmm and this is where plans start getting put in place, sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they, they they sort of, at the beginning of this conversation, they know they really only have two choices, which is either they have to try and, like, repair the crystal and restore Sylvain, which seems impossible to do and may actually be impossible to do, or... And it's Inuyasha also the plot scenario. from Inuyasha, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, it is. Oh, no. It really is the plot of Inuyasha. <laughs> oh, no. We've set her off. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's either that or they've got to destroy the heart of the quell, mm-hmm. and they or, don't really know what that's going to find do. Sylvain. Mm. Right? Yes. Aubrey comes in with hers. Yeah, they love that. There's always what do we learn in balance? There's always a third option. <laughs> Bringing it back. Also, I do just want to add here: Arlo calling Duck Prince is my second favorite moment of the I... show. <laughs> wrote that i said did arlo just call duck prince sure because i did. love that oh that's the best it was cute that's i so loved it good like those little tidbits yeah that, like build a character just through action are my oh it's it's just a dream they're those delicious pieces in a delicious scoop of ice cream oh, i thought you were gonna say it's the delicious part of the gorp i thought you were gonna <laughs> say that it was like the marshmallows little... and the lucky charms <laughs> All of these things are true. 
<laughs> you are correct. You are correct. I am correct. And so as they're trying to think of, we let's try to get to Sylvain. Because as Janelle points out, if your vision is right, because Aubrey says, it sounds like the quell is coming to us. And Janelle's mm-hmm. like, well, if that happens, game over. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, then we got to get to Sylvain. And it sounds like it's going to be a one-way trip. Because we got to get past the FBI. Who knows what we're going to find when we get there. Yeah. And it's also definitely a significant problem, as they point out, that the door opens both directions. So uh-huh. for them to get to Sylvain yeah. means that they can let the quell out onto Earth. Into, into Earth. Earth. Which, like you pointed out, if that's where the quell is trying to go, if it knows, mm-hmm. that's real bad news. Yeah. And it does seem like maybe that was the, the worst case scenario, was that that was exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. So they got parts of a plan, but not a whole plan yet. Right. It's starting to come together. And thank you, Duck. You are a prince. Nobody is sad enough about Ned not being here. Right? So I appreciated Duck at least shining a light on the fact that he would have been perfect for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're watching the um, the live action version of this, it is them mm-hmm. kind of gathered and talking yeah. about, oh, we need to get past the agents. And they're like, oh. I know who'd have been good, and then they all just kind of pause. Yeah, and everybody's looking in different directions. Mm -hmm. It's just a moment of quiet. Kirby wipes his eyes again. (laughs) Yeah, poor Kirby, because we did we didn't talk about the fact that Griffin did point out he's not been doing so well. Yeah, now that Ned's gone, poor guy. I mean, obviously the him so much. Obviously, the Cryptonomica was going to be significantly less profitable business venture. Now everybody knows that monsters are real, and also it's not that great. Um, and yeah, but, but nobody yeah. can get in. Like that's he'll do well. Yeah, poor guy. He'll bring it back. Mm-hmm. Kirby, you can come hang out with me. <laughs> we'll be sad together. Um, but so let's go back to Stern uh, mm-hmm. specifically. I think here on this show, and Bernie, you said it exactly. We've always wanted to believe that Stern is on our side in some mm-hmm. capacity. Like if it came down to it, he would be. And for what it's worth, I it sounds like Griff is kind of trying to steer them in that direction like to not write them off immediately which i find hopeful although we also i mean we saw stern and maybe haynes arguing and we don't actually know which one of them they've managed to convince so we might it might not be stern it could be haynes Ooh, that's a good point i i imagined two two agents shouting at each other Especially from, and again, I just keep seeing Stern as uh, <laughs> as our Cooper. boy Dale Cooper. Uh, so it's like, so to me, I'm like, if you were riling up Stern, you have had to have done something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe that's maybe, him yeah. at his breaking point of being like, you can't do this to these people, yeah. or I'm fed up, I've had enough, I don't know. But again, that's me projecting <laughs> Dale Cooper onto Stern. It might be not that at all. I for sure see it more like that with Griffin bringing up that Aubrey and Stern would have had some kind of camaraderie, yeah, exactly. having lived like, together. Like, he's yeah, not the fact that he's seeding it, unless he like really wants to do a totally terrible turn of events. You didn't yeah. see this coming, which I'm like, it's not clever. It wouldn't. Yeah. Like, it, you have to lead us here. Mm-hmm. It's not cute or clever, right? So, whereas yeah. I think Griffin is a master storyteller and setting the seeds, as you better. just said. Mm-hmm. That yeah, like. And, and him being upset that, like, hey, this is what I've been working on, and suddenly it's being taken over by the entire FBI. Like, yeah. this is my thing. This These are my mine. people. Right. And yeah. y'all are fucking it up. Yeah. See, I think I think that my, my counterpoint is, is outside of the story. It's outside of the fiction of it. Yeah. Because I, I know that, um, as, a, as a Night Vale listener, I know that 
uh, Hal Lublin's character in that was originally supposed to be the antagonist. And he's just too darn likable, apparently. Uh. And, and so people just couldn't couldn't hate his character. So I know that he's, you know, if, if his character recurs again, I know that he's very difficult to write for if you want him to be the bad guy. Mm. So that certainly has, I mean, that's not the only reason, but this certainly crossed my mind to wonder um, sure. what kind of part he's going to play at the end here. Interesting. If any. I like that, though. There's some insight, yeah, that you're bringing. And it's the same as me being like, I don't know, I think of Dale Cooper. And this is you going, Mm -hmm. I think of Hal Lublin's other character. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I think of an enemies to friends to lovers situation. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Always got to think of that. (laughs) We'll see which one is right. (laughs) Always a third option. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and kind of uh, speaking of trying to steer one way or the other, I like that you can tell Trav really, like, wants to work with the Hornets because, like, he tried to bring them in and be uh-huh. like, well, you know, with them on board, too. And I like that Griff was like, let's have those convos later because I'm totally with him. I'm mm-hmm. like, hold on. I don't know if we're close enough to the Hornets yet, uh-huh. but I like that you can you can tell that Trav wants to get there. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And even in talking about this plan, Aubrey is like... Let's let's bring them back in, uh, see if they can distract the dup. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really discuss this earlier. I mean, uh, th- if we need to reiterate it at all for anybody who might have gotten confused, because there was a lot of info dump in this episode. So much. That um, Mama is, in fact, still imprisoned yes. by the FBI. Pigeon is in prison yes. in Kepler in the sheriff's office for the killing of Ned. And the whole town is in lockdown. Like, they are isolated from topside and Mm -hmm. riverside are are separated by the fbi but they're also locked down from the outside world so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is a very intense landscape that they're living in right now and they don't have access to a lot of the things that they did right and you're gonna like the fbi is like on everybody Mm -hmm. because there's such a small area now of concentration yeah right so the plan sounds like right now that if the hornets can distract the fbi then maybe they can get to Stern mm-hmm. and then hopefully Stern can get them mama. And then with her, they can make a break for Sylvain. Mm-hmm. For that one-way trip, which sounds that like a great plan, you guys. <laughs> it's very exciting and very nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we could use some more help. And <laughs> thus, we come to my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> Indrid is back. I like that the, the show, this episode, kind of really starts and ends with a throne sketchbook. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nice symmetry there. Mm-hmm. Griffin's been into the yeah. mic Parallels. drops lately, which I'm also enjoying. <laughs> yeah. It was a good end. It was a good, like, as soon as you hear the extra voice, I was uh-huh. like, oh, girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> and to make your entry by chucking a sketchbook into a room. <laughs> I'll have to try it. It sounds like a good good way to get everybody's attention. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Mine is just a sketchbook. It's just a bunch of boys wearing Sailor Scout uniforms. And I'm like, that's right, I'm here. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you might want to be careful what what page of your sketchbook falls open when just, you throw it. Yeah. <laughs> be mindful of which one. I'm just like, you're trying to make a dramatic entrance, and then you're like, wait, hang on, hang on. I can't kind of flip the pages. Oh, no, not that one. Don't look, don't look. That was just Pokemon I was making up. Okay, this one. <laughs> That's the one. Did not want it to be the, like, sexy Garfield kissing <laughs> kissing the Lucky Charms leprechaun was not the one that I wanted you to see. <laughs> and well, I and need to see your you entire sketchbook that. now. <laughs> yeah. And 
I think you've just told us a lot about the entrance you're going to make. It's like, well, I don't know. You know, like a sex You know how you classically draw sexy Garfield? It is like Garfield with Pamela Anderson's body. <laughs> Always the classic scenario. Oh, God. This took such a turn. Listen, you got to hold on tight when you're listening to this show. Uh, is there anything we missed other than that that we want to bring up now? There is something. Yeah. That we do need to discuss. <laughs> I have a feeling. And it is the idea that Daniel, the mayor of town, mm-hmm. is also the owner of the CrossFit, <laughs> <laughs> the Baton CrossFit, which is right next to the mayor's office. <laughs> right because everyone hall. lives where they work. <laughs> again, I... I laugh cried throughout a lot of this. Like, this was probably the most fun I've had in a long time listening to a podcast. This was a good return to form as far as, like, goofy, off the Mm -hmm. wall. The whole team's here. We're all having fun together. It was, this one was a really fun one. Yeah, yeah. I I did find it funnier, maybe, or funny in a different way, having actually been to City Hall in in Huntington, West Virginia, and having some oh, yeah. some idea of of what that might be like, and trying to picture like a bait and CrossFit like next to it that was run by the yes. mayor of Huntington. Um, I'm not sure if that's mayor where my head was supposed to go, but that's definitely where it did go. <laughs> well, and that's what I what else I love about this. The more that they describe Kepler, the just the goofier and more cartoonish it keeps getting, especially with that idea of everybody just lives where they work. <laughs> You just, yeah, you go downstairs, there's your shop. Oh, it's the dream. It just keeps getting funnier and more quaint and sounds like someplace that would exist in a video game. (laughs) Oh, and a moment of silence for the hornet's nest. Yeah. You're just totally taken out by the top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. Pour one out for the hornet's nest. But they may or may not be taking over Dave's dehumidifier depot. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just have to wait till next time. Ah, good callbacks. That means it's time for our poll. So last time we wondered what Minerva would like best about Earth. And from these votes, I think we all feel she'd find so much to enjoy. Um, But it has been decided that she would love the tour wheel most of all. (laughs) (laughs) It makes the most sense. It totally fits. Thank you, everyone, for voting. This time we want to know what's in your gorp. We'll have that. <laughs> we'll have that pull up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone, and we will meet everybody back here in two weeks. Till then, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey, and I'm Ann Kern, and we've been Romancing the Zone. Ooh.